can have some coffee together and celebrate the kids' dedication. Um, I, I think with everything that you and I have been through over the last couple of years with COVID, being locked down in ISO, working, not working, all that sort of stuff, I, I think primarily the thing that's come out of all of that is that probably the, the, the most precious gift, the most precious jewel in all the world at the moment is relationship. Yeah. Relationship with each other, you know, yeah. and with those, those that are around us. So for those of us that have been here for this dedication, then we said, hey, we're going to come alongside the parents and we're going to support them. How do we do that? For those that actually say that I, I, I believe in Jesus, how do we actually live a life of faith? James 2.14 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims, it's a really important word, claims, to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Our, our salvation, in, in Christian circles, our salvation, we say that we're, we're saved when we believe in Jesus. In other words, our eternity is assured. We know that whenever we die at whatever age, that we've got a home that God's in and we're going to be with him because we believe in Jesus. We call that our salvation, yeah? that we're being saved. Now, we're only saved because of what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. This scripture, though, says if you claim to have that faith that saves you, how can someone with no deeds claim to have faith, really, is what it's saying. So this particular verse, verse 14, summarises that whole reading of chapter 2 in James. If a man claims... If a man claims what James is doing, he, 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 he goes on to write and from, from, that ver well, from verse 1 all the way to about verse 26, he calls, it's almost like a court case where he calls five witnesses to come and bear witness. You know, witness of their lives, witness of what's a good example, witness of what's a bad example. He does that all the way through. And the first thing he says is, so if a man claims... It's almost like he's now calling the first witness and says, so if a man claims to have faith, there seems to be a gap between people that claim to have faith and people that actually are living out their faith. There just seems to be... You only have to look on social media, you only have to watch the news, and you only have to look at how some Christians act around the world here in Australia in different churches to think, Man, if that's what believing in God's like, I don't want that. You know, ever heard that, thought that? Yeah. yeah. Man, I, I have. It's probably one of the biggest challenges to the modern Christian that, we're, that we've been known to profess faith, but somehow we, we, we're not known to live it out. Yeah? And this, more than any time in history, is a time where revival's needed, where where faith and deeds actually come together, where, where our, our life is lived in faith and people see it. Yeah? Yeah. So there's this gap between faith and deeds and James is trying to encourage us to somehow bridge this gap. And this is so important for those that dedicated their children today. Because that first witness in James 2, 15 to 16, he goes, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Yeah? So he's the first witness. This person says that, I see a person in need, but I, I'm only going to wish them well. Oh, you've got no food. Dude, 
I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to pray that that stork flies over and drops that packet of fish and chips that it picked up from Williamstown Beach at your place. You know, like, that's what it's saying. There's this recognised connection between our faith and doing good stuff. And, and at the same time, at this point, James is making here that this is actually an illustration. The whole thing's an illustration. Just, just as, I guess, what we think would be wrong would be to walk away from someone and not, not do something. He's giving us this example. If you see someone in need and don't do anything, illustration, it's not a real-life situation. But he's saying, in this illustration, if you're a person like that, what good is your faith? So having faith, the, the wishing well of faith, is not effective unless that faith is lived out. So parents, whether you dedicated your children today or your parents and, and, and you've got a faith, however old your children are, what good is your faith if it's not lived out, if it, cannot, if it can't be seen? Yeah. Ever had a backseat driver? My wife's one. She's a terrible one. She's the worst backseat driver in the world. She's so bad that I go from calm to insane in moments. Yeah, just like that. Just, I only drove over a gutter once, Ben. That was probably because Melanie was telling me how to drive. Now, if that's my wife normal every day, have you ever had a backseat driver but someone who's never driven? Yeah? Like they've never driven a car, don't even have their licence, yet they sit in the back seat and they're telling you how to drive? Like at that point in time, you really wish that cruise control meant that you could press the button, jump into the back seat and belt them, yeah? Because how can they tell you how to drive when they've never driven? That's, that's like me at the football. I watch my boys play and the team starts losing and I'm like, why isn't the coach not making a, a positional change? Why hasn't he taken my son, who obviously is the best player in the team, why hasn't he put him on the ball? He, does he not, hasn't he got a clue? And I try to get closer and closer and yell louder and louder and my conversation with the other, other dads becomes a bit more boisterous in the hope that the coach would hear me so he could learn how to coach his team. It's true. I'm like, that's no joke there. But you know what, you know what the funny thing is? I've never coached a football team ever, ever, not even got close. I even tried to help out a few years ago and I sort of got brushed aside. That's why they didn't win a grand final. This is what James is trying to get at. He talks, he, he talks a good game, but he actually doesn't live it, yeah? He doesn't do anything about what he sees, I know a lot of people who talk a lot but don't do much and then I, I know a lot of people that don't talk a lot but do a whole lot, yeah? yeah. yeah. So the illustration shows us that, that part of our faith is there's a caring consideration. Parents, there's a caring consideration as part of your faith. And, and the point that James is making is that it's really lame, really lame to say I've got faith thoughts or I've got nice thoughts but then not live it out, not do anything about it. It's like I sing worship songs, but I choose to bear with me for my examples, yeah? I sing worship songs, but I choose to sleep around. I go to church, which is all about fellowship and unity, but then on social media, I post stuff that's divisive. I have faith, 
But I need actions as well that actually go alongside it, not collide with it. Yeah? Imagine having a faith but no actions. I believe in missions, but I don't do anything missional. I believe in evangelism. I believe in sharing the faith, but I don't share it. You know, I think we in Australia, I believe each, and I mean no offence, I just think every person needs Jesus. I 100% believe that. I think we're better with Jesus. And even at the end of the day, when I die, when the end of the world comes, if it comes, if we discover that God's not real, I've actually lost nothing, but I possibly could have lived a better life. But we need, not only do we need Jesus, we need a faith in Jesus that's lived out. Parents, we need a faith that is actually lived out. And this is our time to live out our faith, to be the loving community of God. You know, for the world to, to say, for the world to say and to see that this is how Christians love one another. Isn't that what the Bible says? By this all men will know that, that you have, you know, love for me, that if you love one another, they have to see it in us. Shouldn't our children, particularly even those that were just dedicated today unto the Lord, wouldn't it be great if you heard them say, mate, see mum and dad? Did, did you check them out? Did you see how much our church family, did you see my family friends, how much they love each other? Instead of, oh, you know, this family doesn't talk to that family and they're, they're fighting and we don't like them, we don't hang out with them and they're a beep. Yeah? Wouldn't it be better if they actually saw us loving one another, leaving out our faith? They need real life living out our faith examples. You know, and this theme, James keeps repeating this theme. In, in verse 17, he says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Is dead. It's got nothing to do with our salvation. But if we truly believe in this theory, theology of salvation, that we've been saved from something, for something, then our faith should be outworking. You know, James is saying you can't separate the two. You can't do it. It's impossible. You, you just can't say, I've got faith, or I'm a good person, I do good stuff. You can't say that. You've got to have both together. This is the point that James is trying to make. You know, so here's a witness that we don't even know. He, he kind of is trying to separate faith. Maybe the, that's the words in our minds or anonymous witness. It's almost like the voice in our head that says, hey, I don't really, for the believers here, I don't really need to read the Bible. Uh, I don't really need to go to church. Uh, I don't really need to give to God. I, I don't really need to witness. I don't really need to. In fact, I can do whatever I want. That's a false faith, Yeah. That's not a real faith. Faith always has deeds. Now, sometimes people can get confused because some will think, well, that doesn't agree with the truth that we're saved by faith alone. We are totally, 100% saved by faith alone. It's nothing that you and I can do, could do. It's all about what Jesus has done for us. That's what the children that were dedicated today will be learning as the parents speak into their lives. Yes, it's by salvation and faith alone. But faith is never alone. Faith, faith is never alone. Scripture shows us that. Even the great passages of faith in Scripture drive us towards the fact that God is preparing good deeds for us to be done in our lives, isn't he? 24-7, Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Faith can never be alone. 
So whether we're happy or sad, content or discontent, whether you're a Bulldog supporter or a Brisbane Lions supporter after the weekend, what a disaster. You know, in every room of our house, every part of our lives, every relationship we have with our parents, with our spouse, our grandparents, our neighbours, our siblings, teachers even, grandparents, friends, in every sphere of life, whether you're in your car with a backseat driver, in the office at work, in school, on a computer, on the phone, through anything and everything, faith leads to action. Parents, faith leads to action. You know, I've got to live one life, just one life and one life alone. How do I live my normal life and my Christian life? Do you know what? It is one life, but sometimes that one life is difficult. Sometimes it's tough. If you're a young guy, part of a footy club, and, and, and all of a sudden your mates are going out drinking, doing stuff, it's really tough to say that I believe in Jesus, I'd rather not do that, or I'll do this, but I won't do this. It's tough. But you can't live two lives. You can only live one. I'm so glad. Mel and I are so fortunate. It's not good parenting. Maybe it is good parenting. Maybe it's just God, God's favour. Maybe it's just pure luck. But I think of, of our, my 15-year-old Samuel, and he's got mates that party, and they're good kids. But he doesn't want to go to their parties because they're drinking. Now, he's been to one or two parties, He's not totally innocent, he doesn't drink, but he does take selfies with all his drunk mates and then stirs them up for the next month. He's even taken some of his drunk mates to a dam where there's an electric fence and watched them as they've hit the electric wire and burnt scars in their head and their stomach. So he's not totally innocent, but at least he's made a decision that, hey, you know, as far as my Christianity is concerned, I am not doing that. You don't have a normal life in a Christian life, you have one life. And parents, when we raise our children, we raise them to the best of our ability in the things of God. You know, we have to believe and we have to live it and we have to practice it. You know, why? Because that's what's required of us. Like, that's just what's required of us. It's our responsibility. Our children and our dedicated children are watching. And that's a challenge for each and every one of us. You know, if you know anything about British history, you know, a, a time when paganism was running rampant, it was all about Halloween and, you know, I, I could throw in Harry Potter, but I like Harry Potter, so I won't throw in Harry Potter. Um, it was all about cults and fear and death. It's a whole bunch of stuff, about a thousand years ago. But what happened, yeah, slowly but surely, these Christians started to plant communities and bit by bit, Paganism back then started to die off. Why? Because there were Christians then that actually began a quiet revolution setting up these little communities through the land and they changed what happened. In fact, if you go back those thousand years through Britain, you'll actually see in, in most of their cities, their towns and villages that, that there was a, a place of worship, a worshipping community in, never, in nearly every single place. Funnily enough, since then, Faith has waned and churches have dropped off and the other stuff has risen. But it shows you what faith and deeds together can do, yeah? You know, if we believe in Jesus, then you and I, we should have a concern for everybody. And that's because faith and deeds go together. I said earlier, I'll say again, now more than any other time in history, people are looking for real people, the real deal people. And just because we're believers in God, parents, just because you're believers in God doesn't mean that you've got it right all the time, every time. 
It means sometimes they see you struggling. They see sometimes that you might be overcome with financial burden. They see sometimes that as, as a couple there might be some tension, but they see you working it out. They see you turning to God. They see you trying all that you can with him to work through your stuff. So they learn it's not about wearing a mask so that you're happy all the time, but it's about actually focusing on God, whether it's a good day or a bad day. You know, we need a personal relationship with God and we need to worship and praise. But we also need to be able to relate and be a blessing to those that are around us. Yeah? And that happens by the way that we live. So the point of James here pushing us, he almost pushes us with some prophetic insight because he's asking, you know, does our life, does it look like a Christian? Does, does our life convince people that Jesus is what makes us who we are? The way that we're living, if you and I were arrested, would there be enough evidence to convict you and I of being a Christian? We've got to let him be everything in our lives. You know, and James just, he, he, he doesn't let go. He, he keeps harping on this and he calls another witness. And, and the other witness is a shocking witness. And I won't go into it too much because there's kids here, but it's the devil. In verse 19, he goes, you believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Whether you believe even in a heaven and hell or a God and a devil, certainly in this house we do. And if the devil's friends can say, hey, I believe in God too and do nothing about it. This is the point that he's trying to make. Even they can do what you do. If you've got a faith, if you've got a belief in God, then it should be something that's worked out. Even they know that Jesus is coming back. Even they know that he'll build his church. But there's, there needs to be a proof of faith. And that's living out our faith. If we're saved, we follow. If we if we're saved, we obey. You know, James goes on. Again, he makes this emphasis. He's, man, he's like one of my boys when they want something to eat and you don't want to get it for them and they just keep asking and asking and asking, you know. Can't I get food? Like my son Nathan will walk all the way to the kitchen, look at all the food and go, I, I can't, can you microwave that for me? Can't you, you do it? You're, you're like, now you are here, buddy. You're here. No, I can't. So can you do it? Make sure that you do it. I'll be in my room. I'll be playing Fortnite, Roadblocks. I don't know what I'm playing on my Xbox. But if you could bring the food to me, that'd be really good, yeah? Like, and he just goes over and over. This is what James is like. James doesn't shut up. In this whole book, he just he continues to emphasise so much so that in verse 20, he goes, you foolish person. Now, now he's name-calling. He's like, you idiot. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Like now he's almost mocking us. Now he's challenging us to the voice that says that we can do what we want to do and we don't have to be obedient to Jesus. He goes, man, are you for real? Come on, parent, don't think that. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? In fact, in that whole chapter, he talks about it five times. Five times he, he's making a point that faith without deeds is rubbish. Faith without deeds doesn't work. It doesn't matter wh whether it's your own belief, it's a voice in your head. It, it really doesn't matter if you're the person who says, oh, look, you know, I'm sorry that you're hungry or you're thirsty or you, 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 you're cold, but, you know, I'll pray for you and walk away. Even if you're that person, 
The witnesses of the world prove that faith and actions have to go together. Man, this chapter alone proves it. James 22, because I'm mindful of time and I don't want to keep people here, but I want to be able to encourage the parents. James 2.22 says this. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. Now catch this. And his faith was made what? Complete. His faith was made complete by what he did. This, this is our one point here today. Yeah? Faith and actions together and our faith is made complete. Like, that's awesome. What would make our faith complete? Now, we're not saved by our actions or our acts of obedience. We're saved by the blood of Jesus and him alone. What God did for us and saying yes and amen to that. But if I'm saved, oh, parents, grandparents, family, friends, acts of obedience follow our faith. It's important for us. It's important for those around us. It's important for our families, our children, and our dedicated children. At this conference yesterday, my eldest daughter organises that. She's 30 years old. And she preached a message last night to, um, to I don't know, about 80 kids yeah, about confession. That not, not like a Catholic confessional, but being able to confess the stuff that you're struggling with so that you can position yourself in a place of repentance and allow God to do a work. And in doing that, she then brought herself to a place where she was totally undone and um, transparent and emotional and shared really emotionally with the people there something that she was currently struggling with. Man, I was totally so proud of her. It's so important that you and I live a faith and live it out because it's important for our families and for our children and our dedicated children. When I was watching her last night, one of the actual guest speakers, keynote speakers, phenomenal speaker, tapped me on the shoulder so he knew who I was and he goes, you must be so proud. Man, I'm blown, blown away proud. Yeah? Maybe that effort of living out my faith, maybe it was all worth it. There is nothing, no thing more complete than the blood of Jesus and what he's shed for us. But when our faith is placed with deeds, man, this is where, parents, this is where you shine. This is where you sparkle. This is where we become the salt of the earth. This is where we will be the light of the world. So what has Father God called you and I to? What is the world needing that you and I have been called to? What's the people around us? What is it that they're seeking that only you and I can do? What are the children needing to see so that they can grow up as men and women of God? A little bit like Ben's prophetic word that Mel spoke over me, growing in stature with God and men. What do they need to see? And James... 2.24 says, you see that a person's considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. We're saved and we're saved by the blood of Jesus alone, but it's the fruits of the Spirit that start to come out. It's the, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. It's the gifts of the Spirit. It's our service. It's our life being surrendered to Him. It's more than just our faith that makes us complete. 
Our faith saves us. Our faith gives us an eternity that's assured. Our faith gives us a relationship with Jesus and with God that we can have every day if you are courageous enough to step into that space. But James is shaking our tree because just our faith, it's more than just our faith that makes us complete. He's shaking our tree because he knows that there are those around us that need to see something in us, working through us. He's shaking our tree because he wants to see Jesus come out of us. So, hey, why don't we all stand, if that's okay. For those that are not accustomed to church, sorry, I don't mean to get you to stand when you can't or vice versa, but I just want to finish with a thought and a prayer so that we can celebrate with the parents the dedication of their children. But James somehow comes full circle in this whole chapter. James chapter 2. And verse 26 says this, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. What he's saying again is that we're saved by faith, we're saved by, by his blood alone, but our faith comes to life, yeah, where there are actions involved. My wife reminds me all the time that my love for her comes to life when there's actions involved. She reminds me all the time because I fail often. <laughs> I say it often, but yeah, some people know me well enough to say, yeah, that's true, you probably need to do more. You need to buy those flowers. I remember when you bought some three and a half years ago. You know, I love it when she loves me, when she tells me, but she's forever bending over backwards, not because I ask her to, but that love and deeds together is what makes her, but also I complete. It's no different with our faith. You know, it's our faith mixed with our deeds, with our actions, that actually makes us complete. Because the best us is the best us for those that are around us. And so if we're right with God and we're living out our faith, people around us will be blessed by us. Not because we're good, but because of the God that's in us, that's flowing through us. So parents, our community needs your deeds. Your children need your deeds. Don't be shy to live a life of faith. Don't end up with that 15-year-old is, how do I live a normal life and a Christian life? Don't separate them. It is one life. And that one life lived out well is what will make us complete in Jesus' name. Amen. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. God, I thank you for the excitement of children. I thank you, God, for the dedication of our kids today, of Lord, of Talitha, Ezra, Jasmine, of, of Addie, Austin and Cooper. I thank you for the courage of their parents, to, Lord, to get up in front of us and say, hey, we're going to do everything that we can. Lord, I pray that you would empower us all to be great examples. I pray that you would empower us all to live a life of faith. And God, I do pray that the outworking of that would be a community that, Lord, knows that we're Christians because, one, the way that we love each other, but also, Lord, the way that we're able to love all those that are around us. So we thank you for this Sunday. We thank you for this time. We look forward to a brilliant coffee. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us.